You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 26. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, Sanalo! How are you? Okay, that's a third version. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Hey, Sanalo! <laughs> Just to keep you, like, some on your toes, huh? <laughs> you see, you see, Pontus. I, I'm now also tempted to like change it in Russian, but then I'll be seen as as a bit of a copycat, and I don't want to. So I'm trying to come up with something original, and I don't have anything. So I'll just be doing the same thing. <laughs> yes, same here. I could I could go on for 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 ages with different versions, but yeah, what's yeah, the point? Yeah. Um, so what is the what is the meaning of this one? Hey, son, just means hello, yeah. and hello okay. means hello. So hey, son, hello. Oh, not uh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'm sure there are many ways in all languages to, to yeah, that, greet yeah, somebody. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It, doesn't have, it doesn't really mean something. I could say Savostok. Do you do you hear the difference? Yes, Siastok and Savostok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Savostok. The only thing I can contribute is Vostok in in Russian is East. Anyway, <laughs> just completely irrelevant. Vostok. Um, I believe there were actually a couple of spacecraft that were named Vostok. In fact, the first ever human spaceflight in history was done in a spacecraft called Vostok. <gasps> yes, if... it was. It was done by the first ever human in space, Yuri Gagarin from Russia. Yeah, that's right. correct. And we've had him on the show, yeah. or at least mentioned him before. <laughs> we had him on the show. <laughs> um, Sorry, he's a very nice guy. <laughs> he seems nice, very quiet, very quiet. Yeah, he died at a very young age. Yeah, so that's Vostok. Wow, it's always such a pleasure to find out the meaning of a word that you heard mm-hmm. so much. Right. Um, especially at, at high school, um, when I, I was attending that this astronomy study circle, we talked a lot about those uh, astronauts and cosmonauts and everything. Interesting. Now I know what it means. It means east. Yay! Thank you. Uh, y- yeah, <laughs> just that was like a really uh, random re- remark because I've I've heard a familiar word that Andrew said that one. Oh, okay, my contribution mm. to this conversation. <laughs> Completely relevant. Do you know the the field of pseudolinguistics? Yes. New. No. Okay, th- so that's it, it. It is usually coupled up with uh, nationalism, mm-hmm. because every nation tends to 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 try and find the roots of their own language being very ancient yeah. and the root of all other languages and stuff like that. So it does happen with Hungarian. Um, uh, we we sometimes deal with that. Uh, we have a few linguists and historians uh, within the Hungarian Skeptic Society. And uh, it's brilliant how many different versions of these pseudo-linguistic uh, issues, topics can, can emerge. Hmm? Hungarian and Finnish belong to the same language family, along with Estonian, actually. And nothing else around us uh, belongs to the same language family. No, that's right. 
It's not Indo-European like like the the rest of the European languages, right? Yes, that is called Uralic languages, um, within which a smaller group is called the Finno-Ugric or Finno-Ugric um, languages. But the rest of the um, the members of the Uralic language family, they are spoken over the Ural Mountains, which uh, which is to the east. Uh, from the borders of Europe, um, basically, in the Russian Federation. But no one closer to us uh, does speak that language anymore. Yeah, so it's a it's a very weird situation, yeah. So from, from time to time, these Hungarian um, self-proclaimed scholars, um, who are basically promoting nationalistic ideas, um, masquerading as linguistics... So they come up with ideas like um, um, languages being or, um, linked to or outright originating from Hungarian, especially ancient languages like um, Sumerian, uh, Assyrian, uh, or um, um, I've, I've, I've heard Persian uh, being one of those. It's, it's crazy how many different ideas. And, and what brought it to my mind was that what they based their um, theories on is similarities in the vocabulary, which is wrong, because similarities in vocabulary are not the basis of um, relating languages to one another um, and classification. It's is not based on that. It's the structure of the language, the, the similarities in the grammatic structure, so that. They can relate these languages to one another and thus they can um, draw up similar trees um, to show the, the, the evolution of the language and how they branched out as we can see in the case of uh, the, the natural world, the living organisms like the tree of life. Mm. You, can, you can draw the tree of languages as well. Which is fascinating. In in any unrelated languages, you can find things that sound Absolutely. vaguely similar just by coincidence. Yes, exactly. And that's and that's but that doesn't mean that that it's related in any way. Yeah, but there are countless countless books and articles uh, coming from those people trying to promote uh, our own language as as one of the greatest um, ah. that people on earth speak. Yeah, these are the the the, the basic ideas that that they operate on. So it's crazy, silly, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So, right. um, pseudo-linguistics, it's fascinating. Um, not as fascinating as linguistics itself, but uh, yeah. Things you know, eh? <laughs> yeah. The thing is that we do have a few um, words that originate from um, German um, and Turkish. And that's due to the close connection with those languages for hundreds of years. But, of course, that doesn't make our language a Germanic language or well-connected to Turkish. It's not related. We just borrowed some words. And it does happen with, with languages um, spoken closely to one another uh, all over the world. Oh, by the way... Uh, mentioning Germans, we got a mention on the Give You Pay blog, mm -hmm. for which uh, we would like to thank um, 
the editors of the blog. Um, it was after the our interview with Amadeo Sharma. And uh, yeah, Good. so it was very kind of you guys. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Anything else that um, in terms of um, of feedback we got? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got a couple of nice emails. Um, one email came from um, Anders from Denmark. Um, and thank you very much for kind words, Anders. Um, so apart from uh, sort of writing to us to say that he's enjoying our podcast, and he actually picked it up uh, after listening to SGU episode with um, Jane Novella. Um, he said, um, I'll just read out just a tiny uh, uh, extract. Um, so I especially like a tendency to advocate activism and give examples of how people can contribute to a more scientific, literate and skeptical Europe, uh, like editing Wikipedia, Sense About Science, Ask for Evidence campaign, etc. And um, it prompted him um, to actually start doing little things himself. So he's now in the middle of um, creating a Danish version of how how uh, does homeopathy work? And um, he said that he also started responding to misinformation to the scientific claims on the social media feeds um, whenever he spots them. So I think this is the most like wonderful feedback and uh, it's lovely to hear because that's kind of why we're doing this show to inspire people to just push them a little bit that towards that direction and actually show that it doesn't take much you don't need to have money or uh power or anything you can just be this advocate online on on the social media of critical thinking and science and um try to direct people to the right sources and um it's great that we can inspire that, mm -hmm. um, you know. So, thank you. That's wonderful to hear. Really great. Uh, we absolutely and and you know this this really makes it worth doing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's great to know that we are reaching out. We also reach out further than Europe. There, we got an email from Scotty who has moved to Germany from Australia, and he found uh, our podcast and he thinks it's. Uh, and I quote, a great way to stay connected to the skeptics community. So thank you very much, Scotty. That, that, uh, that's really encouraging. Thank you. We really appreciate that. This is, this is why we, we do encourage everyone. If, if you feel like sharing this, your, your feelings about the podcast, your ideas, your criticism even, uh, don't hesitate to contact us. Uh, that's very important for all of us. And since you mentioned, uh, Anders's, um, project of launching the Danish version of um, howdoeshomeopathywork.com. Uh, for those of you uh, who have already contacted us or who haven't, but um, you would like to know what to do, what you can do is the following. You can buy the domain. That's the easy part. So you go online. Um, every country has a large domain registrar. Then you find someone um, usually, you you would have to have um, uh, web hosting as um, as well that that you need to to do that you can usually do along with buying the domain itself, and you better find someone who's skilled enough in HTML coding, and you can copy you can have the original HTML from howdoeshomeopathywork.com, and you can make the the necessary adjustments to 
to to tweak it so that it's gonna be in your language. So it's not very difficult. I could do it for the Hungarian one, but when I tried to do to put together the 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 generic one that you can use as a template, when I tried to put together the template, uh, yeah, that's that's when I hit the wall. So yeah, um, or if someone is skilled enough, someone uh, is an expert in HTML, you could try and put together a template that we could share with others. That would even be better, I think. So, yeah, the project is still on. Uh, the other thing is that, please, when you have it up and running, please share it with us. Please send it to us, the link, so that we can share it with others. And we can we can let the world know on how many different languages the website uh, is there. That would be great. Yeah. Okay? Do that. Yeah, thanks very much. And if you want to contact us, where can you do it? You can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is uh, at espodcast underscore eu. You can email us on info at theesp.eu. Um, you can find us on Facebook and like us and follow us. Um, or you can go on our website, theesp.eu, and fill in the uh, uh, contact form there. Yeah, let me just add that uh, we would like to uh, ask for a little bit more of help from you, dear listeners. Yeah, we are happy to say that uh, some of you have already expressed your feelings about it, that you really think it's worth listening to. Uh, so if you really think so, please help us spread the word by sharing our content. Uh, you can share um, the posts from the website. You can share our Facebook posts. You can um, retweet our tweets um, about uh, the, the, the new episodes or leave us a review and probably five stars if you feel like that uh, on iTunes. That would be great help as well. And thank you very much in advance. But now... Let's talk about what's happening in the coming week around Europe in terms of local activism. On Saturday, the 11th of June, in Göteborg, uh, there is not a skeptics in the pub. There is a speech that starts at uh, noon called Critical Thinking and the Fight for LGBTQ. And it's a speech by uh, Mr. Zenu Kronström Beskov. He is a uh, he's member of the Swedish uh, the board of the Swedish Skeptics, and he is uh, having this speech. Uh, and it's going to be about homophobia and transphobia and how you can combat that with uh, critical thinking. Very interesting, I would say. So go and see it if you are in Gothenburg. On Monday, the thirteenth of June, um, there will be uh, Glasgow Skeptics in the pub. And um, their theme of this time round will be the um, secular violence inside Christianity and Islam. And do we just accept it? So a controversial topic, and uh, but it's good to be to talk about it and, and discuss it. So that's in Glasgow. Awesome. If you are in Copenhagen on uh, the thirteenth of June then you should go to Skeptics in the Pub where they have Bengt Holst as a speaker and he is the director for the Copenhagen Zoo. 
the Copenhagen Zoo has been criticized quite a lot. It's been very controversial because they sometimes have to kill off a few of the animals when, when there's not room for them in the zoo and they can't transfer them to another zoo. They can't guarantee the, the animals a, a, a good life. They have to put them down and then they have public dissections of the of the animals where uh, they invite also children and of course a lot of people find this disgusting revolting and how can you kill a, a baby lion and uh, things like that he's going to talk uh, for the for the danish skeptics or the copenhagen skeptics and i'm sure that would be very interesting to uh, to attend and on the next day the 14th of June, that's a Tuesday. There are two um, other events um, across the UK. Uh, one in Cheltenham, and uh, that's a talk given by Philip Moriarty. Um, and the talk is about the wow and the woo of quantum physics. So, according to the description of the talk, uh, the, the woo part is going to be the overuse of quantum for all the different things around you that doesn't have anything to do with quantum. Um, but because it sounds great, it sounds scientific, uh, they are widely used. So um, go along if you're around there. It's on the same day as well, uh, how to be a psychic conman. That's happening in Eastbourne, at Eastbourne Skeptics in the Pub. Um, we kind of... Um, it's, um, it's given by Ash Price and... He's touring the UK with that talk. And actually, this is not a free talk, so you have to buy tickets. Go online and uh, find the link on eastbourne.skepticsinthepub.org. Still on the same day, in Madrid, uh, in Spain. Madrid, Skeptics in the Pub. And the talk is going to be about famous crimes in history and fiction in view of forensic science. The speaker is a professor of biotechnology at the Polytechnic University of Valencia. He's a distinguished uh, researcher and the talk must be very interesting. Um, on the 15th of June, uh, which is Wednesday, uh, there will be a Skeptics in the Pub in Coventry. And that's the uh, theme of that Skeptics in the Pub will be something that's on everybody's uh, British person's mind, sorry. On, on, or, and it's to Brexit or not to Brexit with Dr. Anil Avesti. Um, so, yeah, interesting. We'll see how that all pans out next week. Very exciting. On the same day, there will be another Skeptics in the Pub in Lewis um, with Robin Inns, uh, agnostics about everything. I love Robin Inns. And I love Lewis as well. It's a lovely, gorgeous little town. Location Elephant Castle. Yeah. So it's a good combination, Robin Inns and in in Lewis. That's great. (laughs) On the 16th in Bedford, there will be a Skeptics in the Pub talk by Fiona McCollum and she will explore the modern family myths and realities and this is about how uh, a family today does not always look like the traditional picture with one dad one mom and the kids you could have two dads two moms and what does that do to to uh, the society and how does that affect the the children if in any way special so uh, interesting and i think uh, that's something we should all know more about 
I think it's safe to say that this week is going to be mostly about Skeptics in the Pub events in the UK. But I have a feeling that it doesn't have too much to do with the lack of other places where um, events are, are going on and happening, but the lack of us knowing about it. So, please, dear listeners, if you know about a Skeptics in the Pub event elsewhere in Europe, please let us know. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's beat the British um, and and show them how many other places have their own Skeptics in the Pub. If it's not a Skeptics in the Pub, but it's a regular or, or just an occasional skeptical gathering, uh, that's still worth mentioning. So it's it doesn't have to be Skeptics in the Pub. Um, just recently I heard um, Skeptics in the Café mm-hmm. uh, that, that someone organized. So if pubs and pop culture is not very much a thing uh, in your country... Then you can do something else. You can give talks. You can give lectures. You can you can organize um, cafe meetings. Um, you can go outside and have fun under the sky. So there are a lot of things to do. Um, and if those are happening, just let us know. Thank you. But let me mention something that that is going to be relevant to many many people across Europe. Do you guys know who Brian Clement is? Yes. It kind of rings the bell. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, He's a crank. Yeah. An American crank cancer quack. Yeah. And he runs this uh, this health institute, the Hippocrates yeah. Health I, 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 I'd Institute. I'd like to call it the hypocrites. Uh, but uh, maybe it's... Uh, uh. Hypocrites, yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. see. I've, I've, yeah. I've Googled him now. Hippocrates yeah. health, health Institute. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a lot of hypocrisy going on. But... Why it is relevant to Europeans uh, in the coming, actually, weeks, not only the coming week, is that he's on a European tour. There are plans for a somewhat coordinated Europe-wide attack against his quackery, something that that aims at basically hacking his events and um, going going out with the topic uh, to be discussed publicly and that is actually uh, being coordinated by uh, Michael Marshall from the Good Thinking Society and he was the initiator of this uh, international effort he's in a good position to do that uh, not only because of the Good Thinking Society itself but because apparently the tour uh, starts in Birmingham uh, on the 11th of June and then a couple of days later, it moves on to London. Um, so there is a whole um, huge UK part of his uh, of uh, Brian Clement's tour. According to a video on the website of the um, Hippocrates uh, Institute, it, it started in Helsinki, uh, Finland, on the eighth of uh, June. But um, it's not included in the calendar in his event calendar so that gives us hope the other thing that gives us hope is that apparently uh the bristol event that would have started the series of talks in the uk has been cancelled so we'll see what's going to happen with the other events uh going forward but the London part is um, still going to be held. Actually, there are three events um, in the calendar. 
should we should we include all these events in our calendar <laughs> so that people can go along yeah maybe maybe yeah i think i think it wouldn't yeah. be a, a bad idea i think so and then on the 13th and 14th it's still london but on the 15th and 16th they're going to be in the netherlands and i'm pretty sure that our friends there um especially um the people from the association against quackery led by um catherine de jong um they are preparing some nice surprises for him mm-hmm. uh, looking forward to hear about that yeah definitely and then he goes on to germany and to norway mm. and to sweden on the, t- on the on the on the next week yeah on the 20th he'll be in stockholm yeah, yeah. let's not look so far ahead just now so people in the uk and the netherlands be prepared for brian clement and his quackery being promoted all over the place uh with uh, these events and stay tuned for the com- the coming week after that just to name the countries actually so they're they're starting uh finland then the uk then in, in the netherlands then germany norway sweden then they go on to denmark poland and romania so those are the places this cancer quack is going to be visiting so yes uh if you need more information and you want to do something about it please contact us and we can help you find the person to to contact in your country um and be part of it we have to do something about it this is the great opportunity for us to <laughs> unite and show show the the strength of skeptics movement and collaborate yeah very much so yeah yeah he's a dangerous guy Brian Clement really dangerous yeah there have been deaths uh, associated with his treatments yeah what is it with all the quacks that want to cure cancer I just don't understand I don't know they want to make money yeah that's 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 the thing money on gullible people who are desperate they are the easiest to take money from they are because they are willing to give yeah. all their money for for a single cure. Everything yeah. they have. Yeah. Uh, so and and they so fall sad. for f- false claims very easily. I actually said uh, today I can't remember where it was. Ah, Amy Schumer's uh, series I've been watching. She was interviewing a, 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 a psychic, and Amy Schumer is a very skeptical lady. I don't know if people know she's a comedian. She's very she's good, um, and. She had nerve, this this psychic that Amy was interviewing, to say that, well, I actually think that uh, contacting dead is very... Um, she could contact, sorry, she could speak to the dead people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very um, calming and um, like giving hope to people. And I'm thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? It, especially in a circumstance, for example, as dramatic as, for example, somebody's child died and parents want to get yeah. inside. How is it? not traumatic to go through it again thinking that your child is it's like the most ridiculous thing and she's genuinely thought she's doing good yeah. for all the people apparently so there you go yeah yeah it's a different mm. perspective isn't it yes it is and and uh, yeah it's the only thing that a, a family like that needs is the ability to live with the thought of of losing your child yeah just closure and moving on and uh, closure yeah and you have to be able to yeah yeah, they don't need to be told that yes, there is still hope. Come and 
you know, pay me some money and I'll talk to your child in, in another world. What kind of bullshit? It's cruel. It makes me so, so angry. Yeah. And yet she really believed. I think she was a genuine, uh, genuinely, you know. I agree with Pontus. It's cruel. Very cruel. Very cruel. Uh, it is cruel. It's absolutely reckless and it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Let's move on to our interview. We're also always trying to promote things that people can do. And there is one thing, one huge thing that you can do, even if you're not the person who wants to be in the limelight, you could do a lot. And that's by editing Wikipedia articles that are relevant to skepticism and uh, about pseudoscientific topics and stuff. That's exactly what the Gorilla Skepticism on Wikipedia project does. And we had the opportunity to talk to the leader of this international project, Susan Gerbic. On every other episode, we interview someone who represents a skeptical organization, group or project, either from a certain European country or stretching across borders. Although today's guest is not based in Europe, the project she initiated in 2011 under the name Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia is one with a truly international scope and several skeptics from around Europe have joined since in order to help the international community of Wikipedia editors in reaching a multilingual audience. As a leader of this secret cabal, she has brought together many young skeptical activists from a number of different countries, and she's spoken at several international skeptic events. Susan Gerbic, also known by many as the Wikipedia Trishan, welcome to the show. Hey, son, hey, son. <laughs> you can't Hello, do this, Susan. <laughs> you have to use your local uh, greeting, Californian whatever. Okay, okay, here it is. Hola, ¿cómo estás? <laughs> I love that. That's a yo good viven, one. Yo viven in Salinas, California, so yes. nosotros uh, hablamos en español uh, um, a lot of the time. Mucho, <laughs> a lot mucho, of the time. Mucho tiempo. We speak in English and Spanish half and half. All, you half know, and that's half. just life. Half and half. Okay. Right. How's yeah. the Spanish, by the way? Um, it's... I see, I see. Um, I, I speak, I speak Spanish okay at work. I, I'm fine at work, but I don't understand it very well. I don't. Uh, outside of work, I'm kind of like, what? You know? Uh-uh, uh-uh. So I'm okay at work. So you don't edit in in uh, Spanish? Oh no, no, no! But I can add photos, and I mean, I've edited in languages. I don't even know what the language was. I've added photos. And I can add photos in Japanese. Yeah, I've done. <laughs> I I did one in the in one language when I was in um, I was in Australia. I just pulled up a page at random and it added Eugenie Scott's uh, photo to a page, and I have no idea what language it was. It started with an S. We thought it might be Sanskrit or something. It was some. I, I I never did go back and look and see what it was, but it was some language that I have no idea what it was. But I just added the photo, and you know, you you do it. It's so I I've edited in Arabic and all kinds of stuff, but it's just a photo, not a nothing exciting. Mm. I mean, a photo is exciting, but you know, don't get me wrong. How long have you been an editor? I think I started in two thousand and well, I made my very first first edit, which was like a just a grammar thing I fixed. I think in probably two thousand seven, and then in two thousand nine is when I really started thinking about it as a skeptical project, or at least for myself. And then it exploded after that. But how did it come about? 
Uh, I mean, the project itself. The project. Good Lord. Okay. So the story is, and the more times I tell it, the more real it starts to sound. I was on a cruise, the JREF, that's the James Randi Educational Foundation. So jealous. Yeah. We were on a cruise. (laughs) Hey, that's what credit cards are for. I'm telling you. (laughs) So I went on a cruise (laughs) and Tim Farley, he was, uh, did a little mini, um, you know, a presentation on editing Wikipedia and why it's important as a skeptical resource and it's a skeptical thing and, and why that was very important. And I took notes. I totally didn't think much of it. And then I, as a photographer, I had taken a photograph of Brian Dunning, who is the um, um, Skeptoid podcast host. And I took a photo of him and I went and I uploaded it to Wikimedia Commons, added it to his Wikipedia page and then said, gosh, that's a nice photo, but what a crappy looking Wikipedia page. So I just started trying to learn how to edit. I edited on my own. I tried to figure it out and trial and error, made a lot of mistakes. And I don't really understand written directions really well. So I'm not the typical Wikipedia editor. I think most Wikipedia editors are great at reading text and understanding and playing around with it a little bit. I I don't, I don't do text very well. I'm not a big math kind of person or code or anything like that. So I finally figured it out after making a lot, a lot of mistakes. And then I, then there was this invention called Facebook, Facebook, have you heard of Facebook? And I started (laughs) putting things up on Facebook saying, Hey, I just edited this. Hey, I just did that. Oh, wow. Check this out. And then people were saying, Susan, what, what are you working on next? Well, how'd you do that? What'd you do? And so then I had like a, a group of people that were, editing with me on email. We just kind of emailed each other back and forth. And then eventually people said, hey, why don't you talk about this? And so I did a little skeptic camp and then I did a little lecture and then I applied to do a paper presentation at TAM 2011. Well, it was TAM 9 from Outer Space. And I did a blog and I did a lecture and then people started taking it seriously and started joining me and then... (laughs) It kept growing. And then in 2012, I said, you know what? I am done with this English stuff. We have got to get this out beyond English. I'm tired of this um, American and well, English centric uh, world that we seem to be stuck in. It's far too important to stay with English. And so I tried to get people interested in editing Wikipedia and other languages, but to make their own kind of little group. And nobody wanted to take the initiative. Nobody seemed to want to do that. And I said, all right, well, I'll, I'll do it. I, I don't really speak any other languages, but I'm sure I can figure out how to do this. And that's kind of how it happened. The next thing you know, the ESP is born. Oh, good Lord. You guys, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You have no idea how proud I am. Because part of the group, the reason we were going to, you know, my goal is to build our people, to make our um to find the leaders in our community, to find people, inspire them, get them started on their own projects, move them along. I think we we owe it all all to you, definitely. Uh, Ultimately, because me and Andres met through Wikipedia, uh, the uh, GSO. Uh, And of course, I actually went to QED because of you, Susan, where I met Pontus. 
Pontus, did I meet you at QED? I, I think sure. so, yeah. yes. Yes, we did. Yes, you did. The same here. And the way Pontus and I met was so... that we went out for a lunch. We went to McDonald's. Together at McDonald's. Here, what <laughs> happened? What happened is, <laughs> that's how we, we started went, talking. I started up at Manchester. I, I, I arrived in Manchester. Remember my at bag QED. was lost. Yeah, yeah QED. My bag was lost. And I had my passport, my camera, everything was gone. And I left it in a taxi. And so we arrived and then Andras came up to me and he said, hey, I'm one of your editors. I'm your editor from Hungary. And you just barely had started. You, you know, you were just kind of like, yeah, just barely learning anything and just kind of at the background. And then Pontus came up to me and I guess he'd said, hey, Susan Gerbeck, you know, we've talked online or I don't remember what we'd done. And I said, wonderful let's go get mcdonald's down the road and my son <laughs> sterling was with us and we walked down to mcdonald's and you guys hadn't met each other before and i took a couple photos and i said all right you guys we've got the most brilliant people here around this table let's solve the world's problems what do we need to do to make you know to change minds what should we be doing what should we be working on and we sat and we talked remember mm. yes yes and yeah, we came up with long. ideas and then you know, then we went back to the conference and then Jalen and her husband, Brad, who's super sweet. I really like your husband, too. He's he's a, he's a sweetie. Yeah. And then you were just there hanging out. You were so much fun. And we just hung out and we were just and then here comes Leon and 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 other people hanging out and Peter. And my goal is to inspire people to do more. And I think a lot of the way of doing that is to introduce them to other people and make connections. And because I find that there's this that a lot of people are shy or they don't quite know how to start. They don't really know how to do that. I'm not that way. I'm like, no, no. Okay. Pretend <laughs> oh, you've already Shirley gotten past so it. shy, Susan. So I know. Shy. <laughs> I said, I think let's get past the shyness. Okay. You know, let's stop that. All right. Let's move on. All right. Let's just move on. And you can hear it a little bit from the name, Guerrilla Skepticism on, on Wikipedia. Where, where That sounds a little bit, uh, you know, uh, even hostile in a way. Where did that name come from? Well, Mark Edward and I, who you met at QED also, you know, we, we'd gotten a little tired of the the big groups not doing anything. They were so cautious about things. And so Mark's more like, let's get on the streets and let's do something. And so he, you know, he's more interested in, um, he's a performance artist. That's what his degree was in, is performance art. So it was getting out in the streets and doing things. So we started doing things that were, he called them more like a gorilla thing like you know you're 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 one or two people and you're just you know trying to do something instead of waiting for the big groups to try to you know discuss discuss it to death and, and you know finally decide talk themselves out of doing anything he's more of like let's do a homeopathy 1023 thing or let's let's infiltrate that psychic or let's do this let's do that so everything that we were doing at that time we tended to call it guerrilla skepticism or guerrilla something, guerrilla skepticism mainly, because it was one or two people working maybe in a tiny group and they might've been no name people, nobody knew who they were. And they were just kind of saying, all right, we're tired of this. And, you know, and causing trouble. If even if you couldn't change everything, at least you could cause some trouble. And that was the way we looked at it. Cause his idea is that when you're going after a psychic or what we call grief vampires, you want, they're performers. And the more you can upset them, the better. You don't go after the audience. You don't go after the believers. You are going after the performer to knock them off their game, to make them, um, shake them up a little bit, 
so that they realize that you're invisible. You could be in the audience. You could be anybody. You could be the person you're, they're doing your reading for right now. And you get them off their edge. And then they will, are going to be less likely to maybe do group shows. They're going to be less likely to do other things because they don't know when the next infiltration is going to come from. So, but isn't there a risk that you are perceived, you can be perceived like a very, uh, you know, what's the word, bad person, somebody who's just out to, to destroy for others? I mean, isn't there, there it's, it's the back, backfire effect or so? Oh, that's cool. Backfire all you want. Because my actions speak louder than my word. My actions speak louder than the mm -hmm. word guerrilla skepticism. Anybody who wants to look into our project, which anybody in the paranormal community has not done. They are absolutely inept at at looking at our edits, at thinking it through. They're totally unable to do that. I, it's like evidence, you know, go look at it. It's right there, two clicks away. Oh, no, we don't going to do that. We're just going to mm. believe natural news or whatever. So it could be perceived as that. But at this point, I've been doing it several years and I could care less. Let them let them be scared of us, and that's what it is. They're they're scared into it because the same apathy that is in the skeptic community is prevalent in the paranormal community. That's no problem. In fact, maybe more so. So I'm not worried about it. Let them come get me. Okay. Let them be afraid. But what about the the skeptic community side of it? I mean, we all know how you brought us together and how we felt about joining guerrilla skepticism on wikipedia uh but how's gsowa received in the skeptic community at large so i i would still refer back to what pontus asked about about the name how it sounds do you experience anything like the name putting off people from the skeptical um, community mm, i haven't since we've had two detractors i believe and they're both gone They're both people who um, said a couple things about us. Maybe we wrote a response. They were looked like they were looking for something to complain about. And since then, I've had no blowback from our community that I can think of. I mean, we got a picture of a gorilla face, you know. <laughs> How can you take us seriously? I mean, <laughs> that's our logo is a giant gorilla, you know. Yeah. And we're playing off the words gorilla and gorilla the two different spellings and no i haven't had anything in in probably three years anybody said anything about it in fact the the wikipedia editors that are non-gsow like the admins and things they're cool they're like cool fine bring them on add more of your gsow editors we need them hmm. is that really so oh yes so that's that's how they react Oh, yeah. The admins know completely who I am. I've received emails from many admins saying, hey, if you need something, let me know. Um, you know, we're on your side. I can't always, you know, say anything about it, but you guys are well trained. You guys know what you're doing. Uh, please, please uh, add more of your editors. <laughs> We need them badly. Uh, Gabriela... Skepticism on Wikipedia is a closed group um, and uh, you have to sort of uh, join the group and stuff like that and start training and things like that. So I think some of the skeptics in the movement kind of see it a little bit secretive, which is completely 
unreasonable because obviously I know that because I've gone through the whole process and I know there's nothing to do it's nothing to do with secret being secretive or being uh, whatever well do you is there some criticism coming from uh, within the community of skeptics and Wikipedia editors people not being included in this special circle um, I mean I guess we, we all, this is a human nature to, to feel, to be included and stuff like that. But um, what, do you, what do you think? Nothing, nada, not in years. We've had nobody who's, who's felt excluded. We've had no one who has written to us saying, you know, why didn't you accept us in the group or <sighs> that you guys are, are distancing yourself from everyone. I've had nothing. In fact, it's pretty much the opposite. People tend to look at us as if we are, I don't want to use the word star, but I can't think of anything else, you know, that we're like an elite group and they would like to join us, but they really don't think that they could manage the time to do it, that they see us as like maybe, they see us as like a SWAT team. I don't know if that would be a word that people in Europe would understand, but like the elite group, um, like you send them in and uh, this, wow. What would be a good term? Kind of a hit squad. Kind of, yeah. I think that's what we're seen as. We're much, 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 much milder than that. But it's fine. I don't mind having that reputation. Uh, people see us as, perceive us as this um, group of people who are like on it. And we're just like 24-7 spending our lives editing Wikipedia. You know, it's like, really? Okay, no, I have a life too. But no, I've, I have not had any... Um, concern about that. In fact, pushback. Yeah. No, no pushback at all. In fact, what mm -hmm. we are seeing is that people are a little intimidated because they know that if they contact me, that I'm going to try to recruit them, <laughs> or I'm going to guilt them into not being slacktivists or <laughs> uh, being, you know, they'll say if they say to me, "Well, how come this page is not in good shape?" or "How come this still says this?" or "Why hasn't your team done that?" I would just and I will do this. I'll say, well, when are you joining? What are you going to do about it? So, and they're, they're like, oh, dear. Oh, my God. No, no, not me. So they back off. So I don't hear any criticism. No. But, but if they do join, uh, how, what, what can they expect? How do you organize the work for so many international members uh, across the globe? How, how do you do it? How does it work? So uh, what we do is we've tried all kinds of different things. And this is a process of trying to organize people, especially in other languages. It's very difficult. We tried the Facebook groups that failed. We tried um, a forum that failed. Now we're back to Facebook, but with one group. And um, what we do is we have uh, people come and they write to me either by email or by private message on Facebook or any other way that they're comfortable learning. And let's say they write me an email and they say, hey, Susan, you know, I speak Spanish and I also speak English and I really want to work on your team. And, you know, what are we going to do? And I'll say, OK, great. We're going to start your training and we're going to stay on this exact same email thread that you just sent me. And we'll go back and forth on that email thread. I have lessons that they go through. Um, I handle all the training because I just love training. And uh, there's tons of feedback. It's self-paced. People get to pick the assignments that they want. Um, before, I used to assign things to people. And now, and then I put them into a group on Facebook. It's a private secret group. Yes, it is secret. 
and it is called the secret cabal. (laughs) Yeah, it's really scary. And um, so on that group, you're there with your peers and you just interact and you post threads and you say, look, I don't know how to completely fix this page. Can somebody help me with it? And somebody goes, they give them feedback and you go back and forth just like you would. It's just that it's a private forum and nobody cares. Um, Like I say, uh, I've never heard anybody probably in the last three years say anything about us being private. And like I say, they don't want to question me about it because they know I'm just going to put them in and then I'm going to say, okay, get started. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of that 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 thing yeah so how do i stay organized let's say i have somebody who is editing in german and they would probably start a thread on the facebook um, secret cabal in german saying i'm working on the translation of this page and i want to add some content here and then any other german speakers would just respond in the thread and then would they go back and forth talking about whatever it is they want to do so you have one thread on facebook devoted to that one particular page but mostly everybody speaks english that is the only downfall of this group is that i can't i can't train somebody who doesn't speak english well Hmm. and read and write at least and um we tried to grow groups like like in hungarian that was just specifically for hungarian coming out with hungarian training documents hungarian training everything all that was in training in hungarian it's too much it's absolutely too much to to ask one person to completely write these documents, make these videos in that language and to edit from, you know, writing a team. So we had to condense and I put back all the responsibility back on me. And, and I, I think it's better that way. Mm-hmm. People are less stressed and then people are able to go and do some amazing things like what you three have done on this podcast and other people will be able to do things as well. A lot of the people who came from GSOW was a starting point. I think GSOW was a, and is, a place where people come together. There are people who were listening to podcasts all over the world who did not have a lot of other friends in the skeptic community. And then they come to GSOW and we were so friendly and we're so outgoing and we introduced them to things so that they were able to, again, branch off and be the awesome um, doers of the community. Even if you can't continue to edit for us continually i most people seem to have gone off into their own um new thing i I just want to say that i didn't even know before the um gso that that there is a skeptic community i mean i've been listening to sgu for a while and Mm -hmm. uh i can't even know how i I can't remember how i came across that podcast and then uh, i got involved with editing wikipedia and then went to a conference and i thought like where was I all these years <laughs> um, I missed out on so many interesting talks and mm-hmm. meeting so many interesting people um, but I didn't even know about this you know and then of course I, I met all these wonderful people and um, and it's so fulfilling uh, in the things that you discover and you learn every single day about everything just the world it doesn't matter it doesn't if you keep your mind open and uh, you're willing to learn about the um, the world and the reality and science and whatever yes we're trying to improve wikipedia we're, that is definitely our goal but my personal goal was to make us more of a community and to get people doing the things that they they 
want to do mm-hmm. and even things they didn't even know they could do. Yeah. That was it. I build, grow our people. That's what I wanted so, to do. So how many editors are involved in, in GSO at the moment and how many of them are not uh, English speaking? We probably have at the most we've ever had was maybe a hundred people. Wow. And a lot of those people are signed on, don't finish training and that kind of thing. So now we have probably 60 people in the secret cabal of those 60, probably 20 are non, you know, can, can edit in other languages, whether those 60 people are actually working on GSO at any point in any time is probably unlikely. It's maybe closer to 10 Mm -hmm. people overall are doing anything, but um, they come and go. Like you have some people in the group that are teachers and um, or different kinds of things and they'll seasonally come in and they'll say, okay, I've got three weeks. I'm going to work on this. And then that you don't hear from them much for a long time. So there's not very many of us Mm -hmm. really, but then it's hard to manage. I mean, I cannot imagine a, a Facebook thread or a Facebook secret group with two or 300 people in there that were active. Oh my gosh. We would, <laughs> you couldn't even follow the conversations. No. I trained probably six people at a time, something like that. Do you do, uh, do you still do all your training yourself? Yes. And then everybody else kind of self trains each other by posting in the secret cabal. They'll say if they have a question, mm-hmm. other people answer the question. So we're always training each other. There's constant training. I always learn from my people, but the initial training is always completely done through me. It's just it's a lot of work. You you mentioned it briefly, but how is it how is it done? Um, when when someone joins GSOW, um, do you? accept skeptics with no experience in editing wikipedia whatsoever uh or um are they sometimes experienced to some extent but they need um kind of a pushing towards a direction the direction of skepticism or how how is training actually done okay so to answer that question, most people join us have no training whatsoever. They have never edited Wikipedia before. A lot of them are very intimidated. People who are currently Wikipedia editors, you know, with some skill, they rarely join our group. And I don't necessarily want them to join the group because our philosophy, our style is total is very, well, I don't know if I want to say very, but it is different from a normal editor because a normal Wikipedia editor edits on their own. They don't get feedback. They don't um, discuss the what they're doing with other editors. They make their edits. They put them up on Wikipedia. They move on to another project. That's how most editors do it. They don't have a social um, interaction with other editors. They don't know the other editors' names. In our group, we're very social. We know each other's names. We have we're all friends on Facebook probably, and we. Um, have a different style. I don't use the jargon, which I think is a detriment. Um, that's one of my things is I've never memorized all the, the jargon that happens on uh, Wikipedia. Um, I explain things with real examples and I give tons of feedback. I use things like I say that thingy, you know, that, that, that thingy right there here, this one, this one right there. I don't call it by its <laughs> official name because I think that's really um it's a learning curve and people get turned off by it. So it's possible that people who already are very good Wikipedia editors would not want to train with me because 
I think outside of the box a lot. And I know that's one of those terms that people use that gets really kind of annoying. She says, oh, think outside of the box. But really, we do it that way because I don't know the correct way of doing it. So I will try to find an alternative way of doing it. We're more likely to um, look for a roundabout way of making something happen. And I think that um, that would probably be frustrating for somebody who's a normal Wikipedia editor. With that said, they they still they need us because I think we're pushing them because we're mm -hmm. we're trying to find ways of doing things a little differently. I mean, of course, we're doing the same code and we don't break the rules. We're just pushing the envelope a little further. And I think that um, there are a lot of people who have attempted to edit Wikipedia and got frustrated with it. Their edits were deleted or they felt alone or they didn't get any feedback or lots of those things. And those people will join the project. They already know how to edit Wikipedia, but they'll go through the training with us. And I think they will become, they're more social. They mm -hmm. want to be interacting and talk about a page that they're editing or they're editing it and they, and they say, oh, look, I found this really funny thing or oh, check this out or what do you guys think about this? It's a discussion. It's it's a social thing in a lot of ways. And we talk about how many views each page gets and we talk about the impact and other ways of, of spreading that page out to other pages so that there's more views. Normal Wikipedia editors do not do any of that. Yeah, but on Wikipedia, there are still... Um... Uh, talk pages um, for for uh, different uh, Wikipedia articles, uh, or there are uh, the wiki projects. Uh, there is there is also a wiki project skepticism. So, what is the main reason for not using Wikipedia as a platform for internal communication? Oh, okay. So when I first tried to join. Um, Wikipedia and take it seriously and start doing this. I found those skepticism groups. I found those things. I put my name on the little list and said, hey, I'm right over here. I'm over here. I want to do, I want to help. And I put my name under all these other people's names and I never got a message. They're mm -hmm. dormant. Unless you have an inspiring, uh, motivated, um, crazy person to lead the group, uh, nobody's going to move forward because you have to have somebody who's a little bit like me, who's pushy, who's like, you know, hey, what are you doing over there? You know, come on, what are you working on this week? Mm -hmm. um, you have to have somebody who's a little bit of an annoyance because otherwise it's they're just sit around and they wait for somebody to tell them what to do. And when you join these groups, you have to very much be self-motivating. Self and, and people need that, you know, you get distracted. There's things on TV, there's video games to play. And those are much more enticing than, you know, pulling up a Wikipedia page. So you have to have someone like me. And those groups have, like, again, they have no personality. Nobody knows each other. There's no interaction. Uh, there's no really any joking around. There's a little bit, but it's a clinical. And then the, I didn't even understand what, what the heck they were talking about. You know, you, you read the pages. I'm like, okay, well, all right, what? It, ew. And so they're dormant. <laughs> For the most part, they're dormant because there's not a person or a group of people who are running it, pushing it, and there's no no friendliness. Is there any specific language that you you feel is really really something that you would you would want would be highest on your wish list? I, I know that Bengali, I think, is the seventh largest language in the world. 
but I don't know if that's uh, that's the criterion to 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 search for different languages. And 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 how do you recruit new editors? Okay, so I never go after editors. I never go and say, "Hey, you speak German. I want you to join my group." I want people to come to me. I do not want to go to them and ask them. I might I would love to go and lecture to a community and say, "Please, please, please, you know, we're looking for editors if you think that you'd be interested in this because it's a huge commitment and then you have to put up with me. And it's and that's a huge commitment too. So I I don't go after editors at all. So I I want to do podcasts, blogs, speaking engagements, uh, radio spots, anything of the sort where I'm speaking to the community. That's how I go after people. I do a lot on Facebook. I'm not such a Twitter person, but a, a promoter on Facebook. Um, I tr- try not to guilt people into it, but put it this way. Don't bitch to me about anything and then, you know, about how bad things are and then tell me that you're not doing anything. You know, you could see them on Facebook and they're playing video games and <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, really? You don't have any time? You want to do this? You don't have any time, but you're playing Farmville or Candy Crush, right? Really? Okay. You know, just shut up about it already. I'm not I'm not a kind person for people who make excuses. And, um, and then if you're going to be busy, if you say you're busy, be busy. If you say, I'm just not that interested. Okay, great. That's fine. But don't tell me that you're going to do something and then... You make excuses saying, I can't do it because I'm too busy. And then you find out later that they were binge watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that. It's like, look, we got we got real education to do. So as far as languages, I would really like to see some um, languages in uh, Chinese languages, Mandarin, all those different things. I have none, nothing like that. But I think that's serious. And I think we're not doing even slightly enough for the Spanish language. It is It is almost dormant. There's so much education that needs to be done in um, in the Spanish community, uh, Spanish-speaking community. There's a lot. There's a lot of ground to cover. There's, you know, Germany's only so big. France is only so big. Uh, Portugal's only so big. But you look at the space and how many people speak Spanish and Chinese, or the different Chinese dialects, and we're not even slightly attempting them. I have like five Spanish-speaking editors, and they're doing what they can. But good Lord, there is so much to do. Where are they? Yes, the Spanish people, awesome, fantastic. They're doing things there. I get uh, invitations for Skeptics in the Pub for um, Madrid, and I'm so cool about that. But they're not going out and doing the things that I think that should be done. There's no Spanish-speaking Skeptic podcast, is there? Uh, Not that I know, but... uh... There isn't. Is there a blog? I mean, there's maybe a couple. Yeah, there is. Is there there a magazine? Yes, there is. It's the Skepticals magazine. Just came out uh, the latest uh, the latest issue. I hope to be proved wrong because we used to have a magazine in Spanish called Pensar, which means to think. Yeah, and that was um, run by Center for Inquiry, and they had to, they had to get rid of it because they couldn't afford it. Obviously, we have more of a, a European focus, so um, we would love to see more Wikipedia editors speaking many different languages from Europe. Um, if they turn up to join the group, um, could you deal with all that? So could you deal with many different groups uh, in different languages? Yeah. Among your editors? I don't think that'd be a problem at all. I would. I, so you, you would have the capacity to do that? I, I, I don't. The only, the only limitations I have currently are 
not being able to train somebody who doesn't have really good uh, English mm-hmm. uh, comprehension and reading and writing. Uh, we do have some editors, I think they're in Spanish mostly, that have some, you know, they're not quite, their grammar's not perfect. They're they're probably a little shy about speaking, but they can kind of get through the, the translations and things like that. I have that already. That's fine. And we, we make it work because they can translate it to such an extent. They can get the code. They can get things translated. They can do the writing. And then we can give the the page to another editor whose language is much stronger mm-hmm. and then they can fix it. And that isn't a problem at all. We don't, um, um, a, several of our editors really have limited English, but mm-hmm. they know enough to be able to train. And like I said, I am not concerned at all about their grammar. I mean, I barely speak English. My grammar, my spelling are horrible. So, um, but somebody's always looking at it before it's published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when somebody's having a conversation with me and they're and they're writing in English and they're, you know, they're just having a conversation on Facebook with our uh, secret cabal, nobody ever stops them and cracks them and says, oh, you use the wrong tense here or whatever. Nobody cares. It's just we're just friends editing together and we're talking. And before it's made live, somebody will say, OK, well, we should probably look over that page and have somebody who's a who's a you know, correct it and get all the grammar corrected and then they publish it and nobody cares just as long as the final product is done. As long as their heart's in it and they're doing their, they're doing their work, bring them on. Uh, I've not gotten to a point where I don't have, I have too much to do. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm retiring. I'm retiring in three, four months. I'm going to have zillions of hours of free time. So, you know, all the 40 hours a week I was working for the last 34 years are gone. So, I've got another 40 hours I can put into this project. So bring it on. Oh, yeah, guys around Europe, that's that's your time of joining. And that's kind of the thing. I'll sit down with anybody, anywhere, at any time, and we'll work it through. And one other thing I've been doing lately is I've been trying to do more editing publicly. On the YouTube channel, you'll find there's some videos. I don't know if you've heard of Let's Play, um, where people sit down and they play a video game. And they talk, and you can watch their screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's they've got millions of people who watch those Go plays. So I've started making my own videos of me editing Wikipedia and with my voice. And somebody can sit and watch me edit Wikipedia. If you learn, that's great. If you're just interested in my voice, cool. If you want to <laughs> use it to learn English better, don't listen to me. Because like I say, my English is kind of not the best. But... <laughs> People are going to start thinking I'm not a Native American, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, keep, I keep talking about my English skills. Um, so I'm born and raised here in California, you guys. But um, what were we saying? Oh, yeah, bring them on. Bring them on. We've talked a lot about how your work is organized, how everything is being done, um, how you would like to see more editors joining in. But what... What are you actually doing with the with the group? So, what are the topics you you as a group work on? Um, I want people to work on the projects that the topics that that interest them, but we tend to do a lot of we got your wiki back things where we're working on pages of people. It's so much easier. Like your podcast, this one, the ESP, you interview Europeans who have 
been involved in the skeptic community for a long time. So what we can do is we could take this podcast and we could turn around and we could use the information that, that you guys get off of there from the questions you ask. And I will turn around and we could put it on their Wikipedia page. That is what we do a lot of. It's called backwards editing. Uh, we also, so we're trying to support our spokespeople first. We're trying to really get the skeptical pages done. Um, Leon has done a lot of work on, and you, Andras, um, have done a lot of work on the skeptics, the European skeptics groups, and to get these pages written for the, the skeptical spokespeople in Europe, in English and in their native language and any other languages we can possibly translate them into. That is what we've been focusing on for the last few years because oh. that gives us a good background because once those people have Wikipedia pages, then we can we can use their words to write better Wikipedia pages. So you mentioned Leon, uh, Leon Kortevech uh, from the Netherlands, right? Mm -hmm. He's he's a prolific editor. Uh, and uh, I've worked with him on a few uh, small projects. Um, and one of the things that is so reassuring and so encouraging about editing, even if you're not an experienced editor, is that you have other people backing you up. They are there to proofread your your work before you publish it and everything. So that's a, that's a great kind of work. Um, so Susan, do you know um, what your reach is with the project? Like how many people sort of know about GSO and how many people you're reaching? Okay, great question. So on Facebook, I'm pretty prolific. I hear from people all the time that say that they know of me they pro uh, or know of the project they follow us um and we're really big in a lot of different areas um i just got an egyptian um, editor uh he just finished training he says that he listens to me on skepticality and um i'm going to be speaking in new zealand they apparently i have some fans there enough that they're going to be uh, sending me to New Zealand in December to do um, a lecture for the conference. I just finished doing Australia. So apparently there are people out there who are really following the project. They love the project. I hear only good things about it. And um, as far as measuring the impact that we're doing, we have a project that we have not released yet, but I have the, it's, it's behind the scenes. So publicly you can't look at it because we're still working on how to get uh, non-English pages onto something we're calling stat badger, S-T-A-T-B-A-D-G-E-R. And this is a way of um, looking at how many views each Wikipedia page makes from the time that it is created live by GSOW takes responsibility for it. So, I mean, somebody else could obviously edit it after we're done with it, and lots of people do. But from the time we have been heavily involved in a, a page, creating it, um, or I'm improving it, like the Hungarian Skeptic page, or the uh, um, European... What's the organization called? ESO? EXO, yeah, the European Council of Skeptical Organizations. Right. So we've written that page. So we can watch how many views that Wikipedia page has received since the inception of its creation. And if we look at only the English pages, we're over probably 2 million views since starting. Wow. We haven't added the non-English views yet because we have to get the software written 
correctly so that we can find that because it's a different because you've got characters that are non-english uh, characters that are used that have to be recognized each wikipedia page like if you look at a wikipedia page and jelena you know this um, a wikipedia page for jerry andrus or neil degrasse tyson mm-hmm. or whatever um, in english is not the same name as it would be in russian character is totally different so we have we haven't released that yet but we know that millions of people have read our work in the last few years mm-hmm. that sounds interesting so you mentioned you're going to uh to be in uh, new zealand in in december are, are there any other yes. conferences or speaking events where one can see you coming up oh yes um psycon yeah csi con that is going to be held in Las Vegas this October, right around Halloween. I'm going to be doing a workshop there and really excited about this because SciCon, I've been affiliated with SciCon for many years. They've been huge supporters of GSOW and of myself personally, as had JREF, the James Randi Educational Foundation. JREF is no longer a thing. And so SciCon is pretty much incorporating a lot of the things that used to happen at TAMS or the amazing meeting, the JREF thing. And they're they're um, kind of taking on that feeling. So that's where I'm going to be next. That's mm-hmm. going to be in October. That's super exciting. And then I'm going to go to um, New Zealand. And I plan on going to more than just the conference. I want to be, I, you know, my life goal, one of the things I enjoy the most is if I could just go sit in a, an area that has good tables, good lighting, you know, it's nice and warm, something to eat, something to drink next to me. And I have my laptop open and somebody comes and sits with me and says, can you explain to me why this is this way and how I could fix this and what are you doing and why is it like this? That is probably, I could spend eight hours doing that. And at the end of the day, I would feel like I had a happy day just sitting with people who are interested in Wikipedia and why pages look like they look. Um, what does this mean? Or I would look at something maybe they're doing and they would say, you know, I've written this. Can you tell me, give me some feedback on it. That, that makes me happy. That and cats and gardens, <laughs> and, and, you know, great chocolate. Great. And talking to people uh, via Skype. I've told you guys, I love you people. Absolutely love you. I would send you, you're on my Christmas card list forever and ever, okay? I'm so proud of what you're doing. (laughs) But what concerns me is that this Wikipedia project is so important. And you have people on week after week, and I listen to every one of your episodes, maybe more than once. And darn it, if they don't come on here and they start talking about how they want to do this or how they're doing that, how they're putting out a brochure, how they're doing this and that. In my opinion, the thing they need to do first is to make sure that the Wikipedia pages are, are right. They're correct in whatever language they're in. Mm -hmm. So like, let's just say, let's use the word Klingon because I don't want to offend any specific country or any specific language. But if... if Are, are you sure it's, it's wise to offend the Klingons? <laughs> <laughs> Bring them on! Bring them on! Okay, so, so if somebody has a Klingon skeptics group and they are telling me that, you know, they would like to 
um, you know, do outreach and they want to grow their group and they want to educate people who speak Klingon. Okay. I'm a hundred percent behind them, but if they really want to do education, the first thing they need to do is look at Wikipedia. What is written in Klingon about like the top 10 subjects, homeopathy, uh, psychics, uh, climate change, um, you know, all the top 10 things. And they might be different for Klingon than they would be for some other language, right? Because mm -hmm. you might have a specific psychic that is haunting your um, community. Like the Norwegians have a psychic that's really influencing the, the, the princess of uh, Norway. Her name is Lisa Williams. So does Lisa Williams have a Wikipedia page in Norwegian? And if it does, is it in really good shape? So that the people who speak Norwegian are going to go to Wikipedia because that's where they're going to go. That is the first place they're going to go is does she have a Wikipedia page with all the information that people need to know? How is it that she appears to be real? How is it that she appears to be able to read people's minds? Why is the princess so influenced by this person? Those things need to be done first. I think that's the prior priority that everybody should be doing. Skeptics in the pub. Because, of course, we need our community. That is extremely important to grow our groups. But the second thing that they need to be doing is they should get together and they should say, okay, you guys, what is the topics that are really haunting our community? And then they say, okay, what are the top five Wikipedia pages we should be looking at? Okay, somebody needs to go and read those Wikipedia pages and see if they're in good shape or if they're giving a bunch of pseudoscience and nonsense out to the public. Because it doesn't matter if you put out a brochure, a podcast, a magazine article, or even a promo for a TV show. If you don't have the Wikipedia page in shape first, you're not going to educate people. That's where people should be focusing. I couldn't agree more. People can criticize me. They can come at me. I don't care. I'm, I, I'm going to stand by my words. I want them to prove me wrong. If they are doing something that is more of an outreach than what Wikipedia can offer, then please prove me wrong. Whenever you have that um, stats badger um, up and running, that would be proof enough, I think, for everyone to see how much of an influence this project can have and how important it is. So I'm really looking forward to see it. You did show me um, bits and bobs. Yeah, it's, it's out, out it, but, but it's only in English right at the moment. Yes. But we can look at stats from other pages. Yeah. Um, non-English pages, we can do that now, but it's just individual, um, you yeah, know, like a lot of how, how many views does homeopathy yeah. get in Hungarian? Okay, we know that. It's probably 30,000 views a month, something like that. Not even that. And there's no way that anybody's going to be able to write a brochure that's going to have the impact that a Wikipedia page would have on the general public. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's totally understandable. I mean... Uh, I personally did join Guerrilla Skepticism Wikipedia for that very reason, that I realized how important Wikipedia is in educating the public. Uh, yeah, the only thing that I regret about, if there is one, um, about starting this podcast, that I, I have even less time to edit Wikipedia <laughs> Uh, since then but uh, yeah but that's okay that's, that's okay because you're doing something different it's a yeah. different outreach because look you've got me on 
And now I'm nagging the audience. Yeah. And that's a bigger thing because it's not, I mean, I could sit at home and edit Wikipedia on my own and I have my own little uh, impact, but it's easier. It's better to train other people. It is better to get outreach. So what you're doing with this podcast is, is as important as you sitting and editing a Wikipedia page. In fact, it's more important. What you guys are doing is more important than just singly sitting at home editing Wikipedia because your outreach is stronger and you're pulling people in who can hear the message that this is what we should be doing. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, don't be kicking yourself for not getting that Wikipedia page in order because you're helping to teach other people that this is important. Yeah, but it's, it feels so good to publish a Wikipedia article that you you oh, yes. wrote up oh, oh my on God. your own. That's an amazing feeling. It is. So I think on that note, we have to um, end this um, conversation. It's been super fun um, having you on. And I think we, we really owe you a great debt uh, for, for bringing us together. <laughs> so... Thanks very much. I love you all. I love you all. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. <laughs> I miss you. I can't wait to see you again. You need to find some conferences that are going to invite me to get over there <laughs> so I can go attend them. Well, well, we, we, we're actually all going to get together at QED in October, uh, but I don't think you're going to be able to. No, I'm going to be at PsychCon. Oh, QED is two weeks earlier. Yeah, get me invited to QED and I will be there, but I can't afford to go on my own, especially since mm-hmm. I'm not going to be working after October. All right. But, you know, please... Get me over there. I want to see you all. <laughs> all right. So if our listeners are hearing this, that's a challenge. Okay. Get, get Susan to speak at other conferences. I will travel everywhere and I'll speak Klingon to you or something. And please spread the word about Gorilla Skepticism on Wikipedia and edi- editing Wikipedia for uh, skeptical purposes. Uh, and to Susan Gerbic, I'd like to say thank you for being on the show thank you thank you very much susan it's been great you guys are awesome goodbye all right bye yeah this has been refreshing and i want to emphasize again to everyone listening to the show um editing wikipedia article is a great great thing and you can do it by making small steps ahead and editing small bits, then larger bits, and then whole articles. Um, so if you're interested, you can get all the help from Gorilla Skepticism Wikipedia. So contact us or contact them and uh, we can make the connection. But this is all for this episode. So thank you very much, Yelena. Thank you. And thank you as well, Pontus. Thank you. Join us again next time. Uh, but until then, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. 
If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Kisha J. Gray and George Rubb and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.vesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe Eastborn dot skeptics in the pub dot org uh, <laughs> dot org um orgy yeah that oh eastborn dot skeptics in the pub dot org what <laughs> imagine uh, if if your culture is not very pub pub very popular count uh, maybe is, is not okay <laughs> popular oh wow uh. 42 Oh, I thought that was the next question. <laughs> I was going to get it in before you. <laughs> Pontus, did you say something? No. Oh. No, he said right. Oh, okay. So I took it as he wanted to say something and then changed <laughs> No, I didn't want to say anything. I'm quiet as a mouse. No, I'm I'm talking now. I'll stop talking now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you too, Pontus, for joining me. No, don't mention it. Oh, sorry, I won't say that. <laughs> so thank, 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 thank you. Say thank you. Okay, I, won't. I was trying to be original, but I, I uh, changed my mind.